This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Reed Pence. This week, the many symptoms of polycystic ovary syndrome. It affects their appearance in most cases. It affects their emotional state. It affects their reproductive potential. It's really a life-changing and often devastating condition. One of the biggest causes of female infertility and more when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Nancy Benson, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. Dollar Shave Club, Warby Parker, Casper, Third Love Broad. You know, they came out of nowhere and outmaneuvered much bigger rivals by selling these products online. How the direct-to-consumer model continues to shake up retail giants. Then... We need to expand our definition of what genius is and who can be a genius. Uncovering the forgotten female geniuses of the past. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station and subscribe and listen to shows anytime on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. In medicine, if a disorder is called a syndrome, that means it has a variety of symptoms that may seem completely unrelated. It also usually means that doctors aren't sure what causes it. Given all that, syndromes are often misdiagnosed. So it is for a condition called polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS, which affects up to 10% of women in the United States and up to 20% of women elsewhere in the world. PCOS is the most common endocrine disorder of women of reproductive age, and its impact on the lives of women who carry this condition, it's really enormous. It changes their lives. It affects their appearance in most cases. It affects their emotional state. It affects their reproductive potential. It's really a life-changing and often devastating condition. That's Dr. Felice Gersh, medical director of the Integrative Medical Group of Irvine in Irvine, California. It's really a condition that traverses every organ system in the female body. It's really quite extensive in its impact. A lot of the symptoms that are well known are the cosmetic ones. For example, alopecia or loss of hair on the scalp is a very prominent problem. We call it androgenic alopecia, where you have temporal balding of women. And this is happening in women in their 20s and 30s, you know, a time when they're starting their careers, they're looking for, you know, husbands and partners. And it's really devastating for a woman to be having problems with hair on the top of their head and looking for even wigs and hair extensions and comb overs. You know, we don't want that when you're like 25 years old. The other is hirsutism, which is unwanted, excessive facial hair, but it can also be on the back. It can be excessive hair on the the legs, like on the thighs. It can be on the abdomen, on the chest. And what woman wants to shave every morning? Other symptoms can be just as difficult. Polycystic ovary syndrome can make women gain weight and make it very hard to lose. That seldom prompts seeing a doctor for a diagnosis, but infertility does. Reproductive issues are one of the primary reasons women seek help. However, there's no real test for PCOS. Dr. John Nestler, professor of medicine and chairman of the Department of Internal Medicine at Virginia Commonwealth University, says doctors make a diagnosis based solely on symptoms. 
to my mind, the true hallmarks of polycystic ovary syndrome are two things. One is chronic anovulation. That is, a woman is not ovulating every month, and usually that manifests itself by a woman having eight or fewer menstrual periods a year on a chronic basis. The other manifestation is an increased circulating level of androgens, male sex steroids. All men and all women have testosterone and estrogen. It's just that we have them in different proportions. So in women with polycystic ovary syndrome, the ovary makes too much testosterone and you can measure the testosterone in the blood or you can see physical signs of testosterone excess such as increased hair growth in unwanted body areas, what we call hirsutism, severe acne, or thinning of the hair on the scalp. However, while the cosmetic and reproductive symptoms are bad enough, Nestler says long-term risks of PCOS can be even more frightening. If a woman has polycystic ovary syndrome, and especially if she is overweight or obese and has the syndrome, then she has a markedly increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Estimates indicate that perhaps there are a million young women in the United States walking around of relatively young age, 25 to 35, who have type 2 diabetes, which is directly attributable to their having polycystic ovary syndrome. And they're unaware of it because we don't go around screening 25 to 35-year-old women for diabetes. Even worse, there's probably around 3 million young women in the United States walking around with what we call impaired glucose tolerance. So that's not diabetes, but it's a harbinger of diabetes. You're not handling glucose in an optimal manner, and it is a risk factor for the development of diabetes. And again, these women are unaware that they have this because we don't screen them. And again, that is directly attributable to them having polycystic ovary syndrome. But the risk of diabetes isn't all. There's also good evidence to indicate that they probably have a two-fold greater risk of developing cardiovascular disease not when they're 20 or 30 years old, but later in life, and that they may actually develop cardiovascular disease at an earlier age. So in other words, you think of normal women having cardiovascular disease maybe in their 70s, whereas women with PCOS will often have problems in their early 60s and their late 50s. Cancer risk is also higher in women with PCOS, specifically endometrial cancer. The uterine lining in a normal woman is exposed to estrogen, and then exposed to progesterone and the lining is shed, the monthly menstrual period. In women with PCOS, they have estrogen constantly bombarding the uterine lining. They don't make progesterone. That lining is not shed. And if that goes on long enough, 15, 20 years, then they can develop what we call endometrial hyperplasia or eventually endometrial cancer. So that's a risk due to the steroid abnormalities that are going on. With all these symptoms, polycystic ovary syndrome is actually named for yet something else. The observation decades ago that many women afflicted have small cysts on the ovaries. However, that's not the cause of the disorder. In fact, many doctors now believe that disrupted hormones aren't the root cause either. Nestler says it's a cascade of events that's extremely complicated. I regard it primarily as a metabolic disorder that has endocrine and reproductive consequences. What's clear, I think, is that insulin or insulin resistance plays a key role in the disorder. These women have insulin resistance, slightly higher insulin levels, 
and studies in vitro, in other words, in cell models and in vivo, that is in women themselves, have shown that that insulin can stimulate the ovaries to make testosterone. And it's presumed that increased production of testosterone in the ovary is somehow interfering with the ovulatory process, that is the development of the egg and the release of the egg. However, Gersh says the many symptoms caused by PCOS can completely trip up recognizing the problem. If a woman sees her predominant problem as one of acne or hair loss, she may go to a dermatologist. If irregular cycles is her main symptom or lack of ability to get pregnant, you know, fertility issues, she may then go to her gynecologist. If she has insulin resistance, which is very common in women with PCOS, the majority of women with PCOS will have insulin resistance and a much higher rate of developing true diabetes as well. So if that's their predominant problem or weight problems, because unfortunately, somewhere between 70 and 80% of women with polycystic ovary syndrome have a significant problem with being overweight or obese. And if that's their predominant problem, they may go to an endocrinologist. So because it involves the full spectrum of things that women can have as so many diverse symptoms, they could end up in one of many different types of doctor's offices. And that's one of the reasons why the diagnosis of PCOS is often greatly delayed There was just a recent study that showed it took several years and like seven different doctor visits before a woman even got diagnosed with PCOS. And with every specialty may come a different treatment. Dr. Bree Turner-McGreevy, Associate Professor of Health Promotion Education Behavior at the University of South Carolina, cites a common case. The first thing they notice is that the menstrual cycle becomes irregular and they may even completely stop menstruating. They go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, I'll put you on the pill to regulate you. And that's completely missing the underlying cause of what's happening. And so then women are on the pill for a long time and they decide they want to conceive. They go off the pill and they don't get a menstrual cycle and they're like, what? What's going on? And at that point, that's a lot of the time when women do get diagnosed because they're going to their doctor saying, I want to conceive and I don't have a menstrual cycle. There's nothing wrong in using a birth control pill. Birth control pill can be a very effective agent for treating polycystic ovary syndrome. But a birth control pill will not address the long-term risk for diabetes or for heart disease. So, again, it depends on how are you looking at this disorder. Are you looking at it purely as a reproductive disorder where a woman is not ovulating and where she has infrequent menses or maybe as a cosmetic disorder because of the extra hair growth, in which case birth control pills would be fine if a woman is not desiring pregnancy. But if you're looking at it as a metabolic disorder and say, well, we have to address that but we also have to address the risk for diabetes and heart disease. Well, then you might be more inclined to use an insulin sensitizing agent. Or, in fact, I sometimes use both. Nestler says it stands to reason that if insulin resistance is what's prompting the ovaries to produce too much testosterone, improving insulin sensitivity should help just about every symptom. And that's precisely what the studies show. In fact, the best way of improving insulin sensitivity is, not surprisingly, weight loss. Exercise, diet, and weight loss is the number one prescription for women with polycystic ovary syndrome. And if you think about it, it's the same thing that we say about diabetic patients, exercise, diet, and weight loss, because that is also an insulin resistance syndrome. So there's a similarity there.
But often it's difficult for women with polycystic ovary syndrome to lose weight. So we also have pharmacologic agents that we can use. And the one that's used most commonly around the world is a drug called metformin, which was originally developed to be a drug to treat diabetes. But presently, the second most common reason why it's used in the United States is for the treatment of polycystic ovary syndrome. Nestler says the benefits of weight loss on PCOS prove to him that insulin resistance is the root cause in many women. But it also takes a genetic predisposition. And it could be that too much inflammation in the body has a role as well. We published the first study showing that elevations in an inflammatory substance was elevated in the blood of women with PCOS. And these women with PCOS were normal weight or obese. But when looking at it, comparing to normal women, even normal weight women with PCOS had elevation in this inflammatory substance in the blood. Given that finding, Dr. Frank Gonzalez, Associate Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at the University of Illinois at Chicago, wondered if reducing inflammation could reduce PCOS symptoms. Administering three months of an aspirin-like medication to women with PCOS who were normal weight and had no insulin resistance, we noticed that these women had a decrease in their male hormone production from the ovaries, and some who hadn't had regular periods at all began to have periods during treatment. Clearly, many factors could be at play in polycystic ovary syndrome. Even experts don't agree on possible causes, at least not yet. However, women often suffer for years before they get treatment. A variety of treatments can help, but Nestler says the main thing is to get started. If you are having eight or fewer menstrual periods a year, then you should be evaluated for the possibility that you might have polycystic ovary syndrome. And if that is indeed the case, then you should be evaluated for glucose intolerance or type 2 diabetes and for cardiovascular risk factors. You can find out much more about all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.org. I'm Reed Pence. Dreams of children in 21st century America when Radio Health Journal returns. If you receive a cancer diagnosis, there will be many things to learn and manage. One is understanding that cancer and some cancer treatments can increase the risk for blood clots especially in the first few months after diagnosis. Dr. Alok Karana, professor of medicine, Cleveland Clinic Lerner College of Medicine, says it's important to create a plan to protect your health. Make sure your cancer doctor knows if you have a family history of blood clots and that you recognize the signs and symptoms of blood clots. Signs of a blood clot in the leg or arm include pain and swelling with skin that's warm to the touch, red or discolored. Signs of a blood clot in your lung are difficulty breathing, chest pain that worsens with a deep breath, coughing up blood, and a faster-than-normal or irregular heartbeat. One in five blood clots are associated with cancer. Knowing your risk, signs, and symptoms will help to protect your health. Learn more from the CDC and the National Blood Clot Alliance at stoptheclot.org slash spread the word. A new study shows that if you get to bed at the same time every night, it may help you lose weight. The preliminary research compared two groups of women, one that adopted a more regular bedtime pattern and one that did not. Neither group changed the amount of time they slept. Dr. Marie-Pierre St. Onge of Columbia University is the lead researcher. In just six weeks, 
The women who adopted a more consistent bedtime lost about two pounds of body fat compared to the other women, and it occurred without any recommendations for weight loss or tips to change their diet or exercise patterns. They went to sleep at the same time every night and slept for the same amount of time. Sleeping on a more consistent schedule has numerous benefits. Mounting scientific evidence shows sleep problems are associated with a higher risk of developing obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, and heart disease. The study was presented last week at the American Heart Association's Epidemiology and Prevention, Lifestyle, and Cardiometabolic Health Scientific Sessions 2020. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please support our show by subscribing, sharing it with a friend, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and RadioHealthJournal.net. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Health Journal. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. We had been thinking about errors as the cost of what happens when people get health care. And then all of a sudden it was reframed as, wow, this is a big disaster. Rethinking how many medical mistakes are acceptable. Then is 800 calories a day the magic number to help people lose weight? It seems to be low enough to lead to very rapid weight loss and other desirable changes, but high enough to be sustainable and also to give you all the nutrients you need. All that and more on Radio Health Journal.